Hey, if you are a fan of the Belonging Factor podcast, you are going to love the Belonging Factor book. My new book, Belonging Factor, How Great Brands and Great Leaders Inspire Loyalty, Build Community, and Grow Profits is now available. So get on Amazon, order your copy today, ebook, audiobook, paperback, hardcover. We've got you covered no matter what your preference. It's the fourth episode of The Belonging Factor, and today we are going to talk about some really interesting things. So I know that you'll want to dive straight in. I'm Devin Halliday. I am the founder and chief belonging architect at Rudiment Solutions and the host of The Belonging Factor, and I couldn't be happier to engage and share with you guys today and have a really cool open dialogue about some real fundamental things that we are doing that are right and some things that we need to really change in our workforce to transform results, to transform behaviors, to build the culture that is going to let us compete today and in the future. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and in some conversations with some really creative and impressive business leaders over the course of the last couple of weeks. I've spent some time thinking about this idea of loyal employees. And so that's what we're going to explore a little bit today. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the idea of loyal employees and long-term employees and uh, if they're the same thing, if they're different and we'll look at why we would want potentially to create an environment where we're not interested in a long-term loyal employee. And then I want to also obviously explore the thing that has been the cornerstone of so many generations, particularly in this country, of loyalty and long-term employment. So let's do this. Let's let's just talk a little bit about our lives and kind of what's gotten us to the point that we're at right now. For me, you know, I grew up uh, as Gen X, right? So Gen X came into the, the workforce and was still receiving some of the baby boom and some of the greatest generation uh, influence and what it should look like to work in the workforce. And that influence and that guidance was very typical, you know, show up to work, do your best, go home, don't make any enemies, find yourself a career where you can work with somebody for you know a long time and retire there. And kind of this idea of a employment and career trajectory that has, gosh, one, maybe two employers. And uh, for any millennials or lies out there that are listening to this, that's uh, the most foreign concept you've ever heard, right? Because as the late boomers, early Gen X are having um, kids who are entering the workforce and adults who are now shaping the future in our workforce, we're starting to see a pretty large paradigm shift in what it means to be loyal, but maybe not long term. 
and what value and fulfillment looks like and how to bring that into the workforce. So this is nothing new, right? This is this is not new conversation. And I don't want you to stop the podcast here and move on to the next thing because that's not really what we're going to talk about. We're not going to recycle old ideas. But I wanted to lay the foundation because I think it's important to know where we've come from when we're in the position of talking about where we are now and where we want to be and where we're going to be. And some of where we're going to be is shaped by technology and a lot of where we're going to be is shaped by the leaders today who are building and crafting what it looks like for tomorrow. So what is a loyal employee? Let's maybe just define this one for the sake of this conversation as a person who, regardless of any wrongs that are done to them or perceived to be done to them, they still, no matter what, grind for that employer. That's one definition of loyal. Maybe another definition of loyal is somebody who believes so strongly in the culture and values of the organization uh, and their value alignment is so connected to the organization that they show up every day. All right? Maybe that's another definition that we can work with. Then, what's a long-term employee? I think this is a more simple definition. Right? This doesn't necessarily have to do with loyalty. This is much more about that old ingrained mindset, that mindset of show up every day and work till you retire and collect your pension or your 401k and then right off into the sunset. So long-term employee is something that employers have historically strived for, right? Up until the point where they cost more than the value they're providing. And then, you know, the, the, this is probably an unpopular thing for me to be talking about on a podcast because some people are probably of the belief that this is still the right way to do it. And I agree from a financial sense that you have to have return on investment. But man, there's a better way to do it than axing the most expensive employees in favor of cheaper employees. And that's kind of part of what can get solved with what I want to talk about today. So... When you look at our workforce and where things are and where things are going to be and where we want them to be and how we're going to shape them as leaders, thinking about a loyal workforce and thinking about a workforce where there's still belonging and there's still a culture of collaboration and community, but not this really big decision to hinge on loyal and long-term. Uh, and instead be willing to and be open to creating a system in an environment where maybe you have a transient workforce that spends a year or two years with you and you're okay with that. In fact, you encourage it and you help those people find their next role, their next position. I mean, this is weird, right? But you help them find their next position out of your organization in another organization, even if it's a competitor in your industry. And you do that because you know for that individual, it will challenge and reward their growth. And in exchange, they will continue to be loyal to you, even though they're working for a competitor. Now, this is like the craziest concept out there. And I want to challenge some paradigms right now. So this is that moment where if you're drinking your coffee, let me get a sip of mine. You may want to um, put it down for a second because... We're talking about a paradigm shift for some that is so enormous and so transformational that it's going to be difficult to, to grasp at first. And if you reject it, that's fine. I'm okay if you reject it. But if you're willing to at least explore it, 
before rejecting it? I think that's the best that I can ask for, and that's the best that maybe any of your employees and the people who are going to be under your care today and in the future can ask for, is that you at least explore this. So let's do it. Let's explore this. So here, here's what I'm talking about. Here's the, the utopian idea. The utopian idea is to create a environment where you have such a deep sense of community, connection, and belonging where people are loyal to you and they're not necessarily long-term and you support it and you're okay with it and you want it. And here's, here's the rest of that idea. Here's the result of having that kind of culture. It's not just this utopian fantasy. It actually helps you better compete today and in the future and makes you more agile for future competition. And here's why. So you're going to take these employees, you're going to bring them on board, you're going to create, you have this amazing culture, you're going to create a sense of community that they feel so connected to and so part of that they're going to do incredibly well within your organization. They're going to perform incredibly well. They're going to deliver great results. And then they're going to mature to a stage where they're looking for that next challenge, that next opportunity. This is our transient workforce that we face today. So if your company has the scale capability of keeping that person in your organization in a new department or in a new role, perfect. That's what you're developing for. You want to compete with those individuals, absolutely no question. But if you don't have that opportunity, that role or that department or the, that, that piece that can help that person grow in their capability, skill, and career then the worst thing you can do is try to keep holding them in that role that they're doing so well for you. It's the last thing that you want to do. That person is going to not be loyal to you. That person is not going to feel connected. They're not going to feel a sense of belonging and community with your organization or with you as a leader. And they're going to find their next challenge, uh, challenging opportunity and challenging career path on their own. And then there's no connection to you. And that's the worst thing that you can have happen. You've invested tons of money and tons of time in helping a person deliver amazing results for you and build themselves up. And then they just split on you and don't think about you. In fact, maybe even want to compete against you deliberately because they already know your IP. They already know uh, what they can bring to a competitor to help that competitor have an edge. So that's like a worst case scenario. So instead, you create this environment where when this person is ready to take that next challenge, if you don't have the position or the opportunity or the department within your organization, you help this person find what that opportunity is going to look like. You have a process within your organization that helps people grow in their careers. Counterintuitive, but keep with me on this paradigm. So then this person is a promoter of yours. This person is somebody who's feeling incredibly connected. This person may be even able to recommend an incredibly talented backfill for them, maybe even somebody more skilled and more capable than them who's working in another company. And they're going to be promoting you like absolutely 100% all of the time with their friends, with their networks. They're going to be talking about how much they love working at your organization. They're going to be doing it on social media. They're going to be doing it offline. And you'll have plenty of other people who want to come be part of your organization because they see and recognize the value that you offer. So you're going to continue to attract incredibly talented, incredibly capable people. 
you're not going to be doing job searches where you're uh, having so, so many struggles to attract people to your job. You're going to be in a position where you're getting quality, quality referrals for high capable, highly capable candidates. And these are people who are going to be knocking down the door to work for you. Now, I say this and, and I'm talking about this in this this hypothetical sense. And I'm talking about it in that sense because there's just no good study out there of folks who are doing this yet. Now, there are some companies who are operating under this type of principle. And there are some leaders who've been doing this within their organization, even though it's kind of against organizational operating procedures. And they're finding tremendous, tremendous success six months, a year, three years on in doing this particular process. But it's not widespread yet. And, and it's because of that paradigm. So here's the, here's the deal. You've created this environment um, where you, you have such a desire to want to belong in your environment. And, and that's because you are so focused on giving your people what they need to compete and succeed, uh, succeed in the right way. You're giving your people the tools and support and resources to do that, even if it's potentially outside of your organization, and that spreads, and you become this organization that people want to be at, that people want to come bring their skills to, and that's going to help you grow. You are going to out-compete your uh, folks in your industry who are trying to do it the old way and attract and retain top talent and just keep them around even if they don't have a role for them to grow in and then when people can't grow in their career they start to get stagnant when they, they get stagnant they start diminishing the return on their value even though they get more expensive over time and we fall into this old school trap so the paradigm shift is getting out of this old school trap and hey it's worked it's worked well and it's a big risk to start talking about this idea of looking at potentially a transient workforce that's only with you two or three or four years before they go on to the next role and the next role. But here's what you're going to happen, have happen. Here's what's going to happen over the long term. You're going to send some folks out into the world who leave your organization better people for having been part of your organization. And they're going to remember that. And they're going to continue to share that story and they're going to continue to share their experience with others. And you're going to attract great talent to backfill them. And your business is going to grow. And as your business grows and as you have more departments or more opportunity or more roles, you're going to be able to bring back these people and you're going to bring back the absolute best. They're going to be wanting to come back when you have a role that allows them to do for you what you've done for them. And that's to give back in a meaningful way and deliver amazing results. And there will be no hesitation. It, it won't be this super aggressive, long negotiated cycle of hiring this person back. It'll be a seamless and easy process. Not only that, you'll be getting referrals from these folks who may be in leadership roles in another industry or in another company in the same industry. And if they have incredibly talented people that they know, but they don't have a role for on their team, they're going to be referring them to you. They will. It's, it's just the nature of how it works to be connected in a way that you feel like you belong in a community, in a culture, and in an organization. So let's, let's pause because this is probably a great moment for me to remind you that I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can send an email to ibelong at belongingfactor.com. 
and send me your thoughts. I absolutely want to read and get into meaningful, open, candid discussion about anybody who's tried anything like this and what your results are and the success you have and anybody who thinks that this is one of the craziest ideas you've ever heard and will not work. Um, because I'm talking about a massive paradigm shift, because I'm asking you to get outside of a way of thinking that has been so ingrained in our culture over generations, it's something that has polar, you know, opposite opinions typically. I haven't had this conversation with anybody who went, ah, you know, that kind of sounds like an all right idea. Nobody says that. The result is, man, that idea is horrible. It sucks. It'll never work. Why would you ever want to help somebody who's trying to leave your company? And the opposite of this uh, is, is what I hear as well, which is, oh man, that's the best thing in the world. How do we do that? Let's do that. This is crazy. This is so innovative. Here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that as a leader in the corporate world, my personal experience over many years has been if you prioritize your people and you do right by those people who you are charged with their care, that they will return benefits to you multiple fold as an individual, but also as an organization. So here's an example, and here's one of the supporting pieces of evidence as to why you may want to consider doing something like this. I had the opportunity to work with many people over the course of my career who they just were not cast in the right position. They just weren't cast properly. And their skill set that they possessed did not match with the expectations of the job. That's plain and simple. So when you look at, particularly in the organization I was in of such huge scale and size, the thousands of different roles available, there were multiple matches for many of these people that they could get into a role where they're better cast and we keep them within the organization. They are certainly people who had high integrity. They are certainly people who belonged in the culture, who furthered the brand and the culture of the business. No question about it. So then the only question was really geography, right? Were these people geographically available for the positions that were um, best suited for them? Or were these people you know, geographically unavailable? And for those people that geographically could make it work, that was my number one mission, help get them recast into the right role. For those people who geographically could not get into that position, I had a responsibility First to them as people, second to my employer, uh, and then third to myself, ultimately, to make sure that I was following my value set. And that responsibility to them as individuals was to help them get out of a job that they sucked at, to help them get out of a job that they were unhappy in, to help them get into a job where their skills and capabilities better matched what they were suited and accountable for doing. And then for my company, obviously, I had a uh, responsibility to deliver best-in-class results, right? That was always our mission, no matter what. And I knew that I couldn't do that with somebody on my team who was fully miscast. Uh, and then obviously to myself, aligning my values, which is to ensure that others have all the skills and capabilities to be their best and be better for having worked with me, right? That was my personal value. So... There's one in particular conversation that, that I had, I don't know, a few years ago with an individual who worked his way into a, a management level position. And 
it was a sales manager position. And this was probably a clear example of a predecessor of mine in, in that role kind of doing the, hey, you know, if, if you can't fire him, promote him mentality. And the reality was this person was promoted into a role that, that they were fully incapable of doing. Uh, and in reality, it was because they were incapable of being in a sales role to begin with. But good attitude, good culture, uh, amazing integrity, a really, really great person. Just miscast. Definitely somebody who would maybe belong in a, a good operational support role, had amazing impeccable detail, uh, and the ability to get others to understand some of these concepts that were needed. Just not somebody who could really take sales to the level they needed to be at. So when we had the conversation that we needed to have about where things were happening from a performance standpoint, and we really talked truly candidly about the need for a change and aligning his skills and his abilities and his interests with what jobs were available, his geography was incredibly limited. So what did I do? I had the conversation with him about looking outside of the organization. We started to talk about what skills he currently has, what would need to be true for him to achieve the, the roles that he wants to achieve that isn't true currently. So we could start to map out what the next steps were. And we ended up in a position where uh, I helped him leave the organization through these conversations, through preparing himself for uh, re-education in some certain areas, certification in some certain areas, so he could take his skill set to the next level and be hireable in the role that he belonged in, that he wanted to be in. And it was about a week ago, maybe it's two weeks ago now at this point, he reached out to me on LinkedIn. He said, listen, I haven't said it, and I really wanted to follow up and tell you, I am just so thankful for the conversations you had with me and the support you gave me. This has been so meaningful. And come to find out, over the course of you know the couple of years since he's been gone, he's actually referred three people to the organization that are doing incredibly well, that are performing incredibly well. Now I'm not there in the organization. They're they're doing their own thing and they're they're doing very well at it. However, these are folks who were working at competitors who this particular person happened to know. And in the experience that was had and in the sense of fulfillment that was achieved for this person who I helped find a job outside of the organization, it strengthened so much his belief in the core value and truth of that company and the leadership that he has referred tremendously capable employees into that organization. And they are doing incredibly well, from my understanding, being very successful in their roles. So why is this important? And why is this paradigm shift something that you should consider doing? This is a perfect case in point. You don't necessarily know, but you can predict with a high sense of reliability that you are going to achieve better results by having the right people on your team at the right moment that's what helps you be agile. That's what helps you compete. And so when you can help a person grow and then that person wants to be part of your organization, they're going to stay with you or they're going to leave, come back or support you in every possible way that they can. Right. This is something that we're not doing widely enough in business. This is certainly something that is truly, truly a departure from historical norms generation after generation in, in the United States and in our workforce. So as a leader, what are you prepared to do differently 
for yourself, even if you're not ready for the big paradigm shift completely, what are you prepared to do differently for yourself and for your people that creates a sense of belonging, a sense of community, a sense of culture that is something they want to be a part of, that they're proud to fly your flag, even if they're not there anymore. We're all going to have those people that we have to work out of a role. And if we take the approach of working them into their next role, as opposed to working them out of a role, even if they're, they're uh, people who maybe we, uh, we don't see an alignment at all with anything that's currently available in our organization, that sends a message to every other employee who's looking to you as a leader and looking to the company as their employer. It sends a message to every one of them about what's most important. And far too often, companies demonstrate time and time again through policies and practices that are archaic and quite candidly bullshit that their employees are somewhere further down the line on the decision-making tree than the employees feel they should be. And isn't that exactly what is the most important thing? Our employees feel and know that they should be higher on the decision-making tree than they see reflected in decisions. And that is one of the most damaging things that can happen in your culture. So demonstrate every day what it looks like to live that. And what are you prepared to do as a leader to, to achieve that? And I think that's the biggest question I have for you. And what are you already doing right now that you can continue to do better and teach others to do better? That's the biggest question I have for you right now. That's a, that's the number one thing I'd love to hear and see in any comments or emails or feedback. You can email I belong at belongingfactor.com and just send what it is that you're doing now or you're prepared to do differently to help build this. There's a transient workforce and we just have to deal with that. There's a, a desire to build a collection of skills and abilities throughout the course of a career. And if one organization can't fulfill it in you know the near term, hey, help that person find their next role. Help that person find that next thing and invite them back when they're capable and ready for that leadership role, that C-suite level role that you might have for them in 5, 10, 15 years as you continue to grow your organization. It will pay off in spades, no question about it. So that's the paradigm shift. That's what I wanted to talk about today on Belonging Factor. Again, send comments, send feedback, love the mail. If if this is a controversial topic, so if you, if you hate it, I want to hear about it. If you love it, I want to hear about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out The Belonging Factor. Keep coming back every single week where we will talk about those things that are most important to you, most important to the world out there for our employees, our people, our teams, our collaborators on what it means to be agile and compete today, compete tomorrow with a winning team. Maybe you've lost time and money or you're losing the wrong people. Or you just have a conflicted culture that's searching for the truth. Or it could be something like productivity loss and people are just stressed. Either way, perhaps we should talk. I'd love to work with you and share with you through my keynotes, highly engaging workshops, coaching and consulting services, how we can bring the power of belonging factor and the tools we've developed to your organization and meet these challenges with real solutions that involve people, refine process, and help you deliver better profits. So visit belongingfactor.com or rudimentsolutions.com today 
Thank you for listening to The Belonging Factor, and I look forward to working with you and your teams.